Welcome to the Check Drop. My name is Chuck Johnson with Summit Comedy. This is uh, episode 17 of the COVID edition of the Check Drop. Uh, today's the uh, 5th of October, and I got an amazing guest this evening. I've known this guy for uh, many years, and um, I'm really happy to have him on here. Today's uh, guest, he has a very impressive resume that includes performances on The Late Show with David Letterman, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and uh, I've seen him a couple times um, at the Montreal Just for Last Comedy Festival. And he's also the opening act for comedian Sebastian Maniscalco. So we'll talk about that. Please welcome to the Check Drop, Mr. Pat McGann. What's up, Pat? Hey, Chuck. What's up, man? Oh, man. I am so happy to have you today, man. Oh, happy to be here. You know, you're you're just like one of those comedians' comedians. I I feel like a lot of people just know you and... And um and you're just a great guy and like you're clean comedy and you're just just all around good guy from oh, what I know good, I mean you could oh. have like demons that I don't know <laughs> It'd be great if you invited me here and tell me I was an asshole I just want you uh, thanks for doing this you're a complete jag off I just want everyone to know that <laughs> yeah I just uh, blindsight everybody let me tell you about uh, wait all the guests that I have coming on to tell you about what an asshole you were and that you beat him up in high school and <laughs> right <laughs> and such. No, so, I feel the same about you. I remember meeting you um, at Zany's the first time we met, and we had all these mutual friends. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so it's great to have a conversation, just the two of us. Right. You're uh, one of those comics that um, came on my radar just by random because um, – now tell me, like, you got your start later on in life um, as a comedian. You didn't start, like, you know, one of these 20, 18, 22-year-old comedians that, hey, I'm going to go change the world no, with stand-up comedy. Yeah, right? yeah. No, I wish I had started earlier, but I got a um, kind of late start. I, I was 31. I, I was in sales for like seven, eight years and um, kind of always had this in the back of my mind and met my now wife and kind of – I was always like embarrassed to say like I wanted to do it, you know, like – who do you think? Like, because all my buddies were funny, you know. It's just like I was never on a stage before. So then I uh, went to an open mic though and got the bug. And and how old, how old? How old were you then? I was uh, thirty-one. Okay, so thirty-one. So were you already married at that time? No, I just I had just met my wife in um, March of '07, and the first open mic I did was September of '07. So you, so here you are. You're uh, you're. I guess courting or and or maybe engaged, and you're like courting. You know That's the word I always use. I would say okay. I'm gonna court you, babe. Okay, awesome. <laughs> so you're you're in the courting phase, and you're like, all right, I'm digging this girl. All right, but but I'm also digging this career path that like you know maybe I can uh, go into. And you're like stand up comedy. So how does that go over with the uh, with the your soon to be bride down the road? Like like well, I like, never thought it was a career path. To be honest with you, I just thought it was something I had to try. Okay. I never really realized that I could, uh, you know, make a living doing it. But then, it, you know, I got some decent breaks and started house MCing at Zany's, and that's when it really started becoming like, wow, I could actually maybe put more towards this and try and yeah. make this the deal. Well, I'd have to assume that uh, most comedians don't go into it thinking automatically, like, "Hey, this is a career path." Like, right. I'd assume it's more of a hobby aspect, or get thrown into an open mic, uh, being drunk or something. It seems like there's so many of those first time stories. Like, well, I was drunk, and my friends bet me that I couldn't get up on stage and tell a joke. So, yeah, and I think that you could tell too, like the ones that do have a strategy, maybe have a more, uh, they're more like likely to maybe climb or ascent. You know, at some point you gotta, you do have to probably treat it like it's 
<laughs> you're trying it's a, it's to a, it's make a it real a career thing. Yeah. and climb up the ladder. There's um, comedians I know that still are doing that after 20 years. I think, so. No, of course, because <laughs> it's a passion thing and people just love doing it. And, yeah. you know, that, that can kind of get into uh, in the way a little bit. So, so I don't, I guess, how old are you now compared to starting like when you're at 31? So how long have you been doing this? I just turned 44. Okay. So now it, was your wife, um, pretty supportive or is she still pretty supportive of, uh, what you do for a living? Cause now <laughs> I assume yeah. that now this is your full-time job. So. Yeah, no, she is. Um, you know, it's kind of tough these days going, um, through this, but it's been, you know, a time for us to kind of reconnect and be here with the family. I, I knew I was traveling a lot, but I didn't really realize how much I really was. Yeah. Um, and that was tough and it was hard for, for us. And, um, you know, it's, um, she's always been so supportive. Um, but I didn't really realize how supportive she was, how much she was putting up with now that I'm home, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, I, so think, I think so many people outside of the business don't really know how hard that is. The whole traveling and maintaining that, that, uh, your, your spouse and or relationship and children. Once that, I mean, that's a whole another aspect of the wheel that this is so difficult. I mean, I'm not a comedian, but I travel quite a bit for my business for like, you know, trade shows and comedy festivals and such. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, last year I was gone like 17 weekends out of, out of the, out of the year. And that's a lot for, for comedy. So yeah. I mean, doing all the big festivals and such. So I can't imagine being a comedian. So I, I think people take that for granted. Just thinking, you know, Hey, these guys are, you know, hopping from town to town or, you know, telling their jokes, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a tough gig, right? To make yeah, that work. In the past year, you know, when I started touring with Sebastian, I already had a lot of other things kind of going on in terms of corporate gigs and, you know, travel during the week. But then when I started going on these tours, I mean, they were, you know, significant and I really, the travel went like up exponentially. Cause for a while I was just really how some scene in, in Zanies and making a, a decent living here in Chicago and just doing a ton of things here in Chicago. And, um, you know, that in the last two or three years, it's just gone the other direction with the yeah. travel. It's kind of a, you know, catch 22, right? Like you want, you want the success and the, the financial stability of, of that, but then just that, that you leave that empty hole, I guess at home that, you know, a hole in your heart, I guess, per se. Right. Yeah. And, and again, I, I think that this was, uh, you know, a little bit of a, Hey, pull, pull back a little bit. Like, this is a reminder. Like I really was, yeah. um, not as connected as I thought I was. Yeah. Are, are, is your family tired of you yet though? <laughs> Cause yes, that's been a, that's... it's been a long time now. So now yeah. they're like, hey. with all of that said, I'm ready to <laughs> they're like, out get shows. out dad. Like, yeah. Hey, we've seen a lot of, a lot of you lately, dad. Like, uh, this, right. This... They feel the same way. I mean, I think they're, they wouldn't mind here and there, but you know, I've, I have had other conversations too. where like, you're not going to start you know, when, when COVID's over, are you going to start traveling all the time? You know? Yeah. You're like, yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Well, let's uh, back it up a bit. I mean, obviously uh, you're from Chicago. Are you originally from Chicago? Yes. Been there? Okay. All right. Um, so, and this is what I, I have to assume from you. I don't know your backstory as far as, I mean, most comedians start out, um, pick a town and it's not always Chicago. It's more, let's say, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, or whatever. And they, you know, are, let's throw out Roy Wood Jr. He's from Birmingham. So, like, he got on the road. Like, it's like one-nighter, one-nighter, one-nighter club. And that's 
um, a lot of uh, comedians, they have to do that to kind of, you know, get their sea legs as far as uh, getting, um, you know, on the road and working the jokes out and such. Did you do that or did you just stay in Chicago and just kind of just work that um, that club and the open mics there? I did a little bit of that. I did some road dog stuff, but I was um, mostly anchored at, with that House MC gig. I mean, one year I did like nine months at Zany's. And, you know, that club, I mean, they're open every night of the week. The only night I had off was Sundays. So I was getting a ton of uh, stage time here. Okay. I did work the Midwest. I did, you know, plenty of feature runs and, um, you know, went up to Milwaukee and hosted for weekends with the Appleton. Dr. Grins the club I kind of came up in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I did do that, but not as much as a lot of other people. I wasn't going out to North Dakota, South Dakota. You know, I was – you know, lucky to have that house MC gig. And even yeah. in Chicago, like I, you know, Chicago is a great comedy scene and I'm from here. So I, I just feel like I was like Zanies, like I got to do the comedy club. I didn't even know that there was another, like that there was a comedy scene that yeah. there were like the open mics, the showcase rooms. And, you know, there's, there was more to it. So I kind of went some, a lot of people start there and then go to Zanies. I started at Zanies. And then started realizing like there's so much going on here in, in the city. Yeah, I felt like you uh, you just got like that perfect spot because I mean at uh, Zany's, I mean if you did that many spots, were they getting tired of seeing you? Like the locals? I mean, how does that work? Like because most clubs, you know, even say here in Charlotte, why would you get tired of me? I, you know what I mean? Like, oh, hey, we saw this MC, you know, three weeks no, ago definitely. when we were here. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, like you were like, there's not a, I mean. They didn't know. even do the house MC things. They did it like years ago, and then they brought it back in like '08. Okay. So um, Is, really was that Cindy Nelson that was kind of working that, with you then? It was Bert Haas, Bert, Bert. Okay. and Cindy. Okay. Um, and they were um, really big on like welcoming people and doing like crowd work, which I was not cool with. You know, I was just like locked in the material and scared to talk to people. <laughs> but I really developed that muscle there doing that, the hosting. So yeah. it was, um, you know, I had stuff that I would maybe repeat, but a lot of it was just riffing with the crowd and getting them juiced and welcome, welcoming them. And, you know, it was because uh, I think I would go crazy myself um, if I was doing the same thing every night. Yeah. Well, I um, I've never met Bert. Um, I've I've known Cindy for years. I've seen her. Really? Uh, yeah, I've never met him. And, he wasn't uh, there that night that we were hanging, huh? I, he might have been. I just didn't ask to meet him. I, yeah. You know, I I, I'm just my little fish in my little pond here. So I, I really don't like, you know, I mean, I meet a lot of people on the road and such. And yeah. every now and then somebody will pull me in. It's like, do you know so-and-so? I'm like, no. Are you still talking to Cindy? Are you still in touch with her? She's I do. Yeah. 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 She's in Vegas, Um, you know, booking, I think, uh, well, she's the head manager now at, yeah. um, at uh, what's his face? Brad um, Garrett's. Brad Garrett's club. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was actually going to go out there um, in March. Um, I had, uh, she had actually, uh, um, arranged that, you know, I was going to go out there and see, um, some shows and hang out with her. And, and obviously that was literally, it was oh, the yeah, week after right. all this shit hit. Cause I was doing South by Southwest okay. and, um, I was going out there for a couple of days doing the Tuesday, Wednesday. And then I was like, well, since I'm out, I'll just f- swing up to Vegas and do uh Thursday, Friday, Saturday, hang out in Vegas for the weekend. And that didn't happen, obviously. So, so, so uh, uh, everyone's got that, st- that story, right? Like I was supposed to be supposed to be anywhere. <laughs> X, Y, Z. Yeah. I had the dates in my calendar, like 
I didn't erase them, so I'd still like look at my phone and be like, "Oh man, <laughs> yeah." Right, I wonder, that... My birthday was March fourteenth, so that was literally, oh, yeah. you know, March twelfth, thirteenth was kind of when all that shit hit the fan, and and like all the cancellations just started bombarding. The last live event um, for Live Nation was on uh, the twelfth. I don't know if you remember that. I don't. I don't know if uh, Sebastian is affiliated with a Live Nation, but I remember they all they all shut oh, down yeah. that night. The Thursday, the twelfth was the yeah. last night because I actually went to a concert that night, and they were just bitching. The band was just like, "This sucks." <laughs> like, yeah, we were in the uh, last show. <laughs> we were in Norfolk, Virginia. What, okay. what concert were you at? Uh, a band called Overkill. Uh, I'm into uh, the heavy metal, like old school stuff. So uh, there you go. I, uh, so yeah, but I listen to everything, everything from Mumford and Sons down the line. But I'm just a big musician guy. I, it's funny. I, I, I'm I'm huge huge into music. I never was big into comedy, but I fell into the comedy world just by chance. So. I think yes, we were seeing like Metallica at Soldier Field when you were, yes. came through, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was up there. Uh, I don't know when that was, like five, six years ago, and it was a uh, Father's Day weekend. So yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I brought a couple of buddies out there to come see you. Yeah, so, you're like fuck off, kids. I'm going to <laughs> going to rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So I remember your first time hearing your name was through Cindy. We were at um, one of those comedy festivals. I think it was oh, World um, Series Comedy, maybe. I don't think it was that one. I think there was uh, one that Jeff Johnson was doing in Iowa. It was called like the Comedy oh, yeah. 10K. Um, and that one did that. It was yeah. That it Bozeman was, was uh yeah. Well, Bozeman was there that time, and I remember like uh, me and Helm sitting at at the uh, the um, three card poker table, and he just kept borrowing money. Like and I, and he was he knew he was taking advantage of me, Kevin Bozeman. So Kevin Bozeman is taking advantage of me because he knows I can't hold my my alcohol very well. He's like, hey, give me another hundred. Like, man, I need to keep track of this. And like, I remember at the time, like like uh, he had owed me money for like uh, NACA submissions for the colleges and such. And he's like, yeah, just put it on my NACA tab. And I'm like, oh shit. And I'm like running like I need I need some notes. I need scratch paper. This guy NACA tab. That's great. You never did those, did you? No, I never did. I always wanted to try and get into a NACA showcase, but yes. I was talking a lot of a lot about you know at that time I was getting married and right you know having kids and yeah, it's probably not the best thing for like you. I always felt like I was clean from the colleges, but I never did the uh, I never did the college thing. Yeah, so that's the, the first time I heard your name was uh, she mentioned uh, your name to me and said you should check this guy out. And then within like whenever that was, like you did Letterman right after that. So I mean, this might oh, have been, yeah, yeah. so what was that eight years ago? I don't. What was, when did you do Letterman the first time? Two thousand fourteen was the first time. All right, so that's six years ago. Right? Yeah, doing the math. <laughs> so. It was right towards the end. Okay, yeah, and but you did it twice, correct? Yeah, I did it in two thousand fourteen, and then I did it again in um, two thousand fifteen. Okay. Yeah. So, and I just remember like, holy shit, like here's a guy. And, and I always kind of felt like I knew the comedians on the scene. Like, like I said, the ones that are working the, the, the road more and such. And, and I was like, who's this Pat McGann guy? It's like, right. he's on Letterman. And then he got it again. I was like, holy shit. And you, and you were funny. And that was the first time I had actually seen you. I was like, so I remember her saying like, uh, yeah, it's like, if you got any corporate events, this guy's the guy. So he's doing oh, all these cor- corporate events and stuff. And I was like, all right, cool. So oh, I know. And then you started hooking me up. Yeah, I did. I have my I have a good story about you, and um, this might be the norm for you, but I had never had this happen in all my years of uh, booking stand up comedy. Um, I had you book for a gig, and you said, "Oh, can I get out of it? I've got a better gig." And usually, I you know, if it's if it it works out okay, you know, with everybody involved, I I, I allow that to happen. You know, 
I hate it when comics like you know book say a one nighter and then they cancel like a week out and it just right you know it's the, you know it's the ethics thing. But you came to me about this thing and you're like, hey man, like and it was plenty of far in advance. And you're like, my client wants to buy your client out, and I go, wait, what? And I had never oh, no, heard dude. of that before. Neither had I. Neither had I. That's I, a one timer. And I don't even remember how much it was, but it was a lot of money. And they just wrote a check in the Senate, and I was like, because I right. told them, I was like, I can't do it. Yeah, I mean, they're like they wanted offer, you, so, but I'm already committed, and they said they wanted you so bad that they, they just they bought. Yeah, that was nuts. Yeah, that's never like, happened before. But thank you. That's okay, nice, all right. See, <laughs> well, I was nice like, story. does this happen often with this guy? Here's this guy that just I works felt, the house MC. I felt really cool. I was like, dude, and I do. I'm there's. They already sent the check. Like, here's the pro number. Like, because I yeah. didn't believe it. I was yeah. Like, and and yeah, I was like, man, fun. like I don't know, like it was it was definitely a, a first for me. And I was like, all right. I mean, again, this might happen. There might be other agencies listening to going, man. that happens all the time, Chuck. And I'm like, well, it had never happened to me. And I, I was like, all right, cool. And it all worked out. So and the client was happy, happy, and you know, it was it just I don't I put in Kevin Bozeman. I always wondered. I always wondered. You must have came out on top of that. Yeah, I always I, wondered. Where did? Oh uh, yeah, I I split it with the uh, with the uh, with the uh, with the company. So I should have negotiated that with yeah, you. Yeah, that's okay. But um, but uh, you know, I I mean, I was up until recently, I was still pitching you all the time. But then then you were like, I I'm not available because you know you're on the road uh, with Sebastian. So so. Uh, no, yeah. I appreciate you pitching me. And those those yeah, were great gigs. Yeah, man. Well, you're funny. So uh, and you're reliable. That's you know, that's that's uh, that's a little bit tough in this <laughs> business sometimes. Funny and reliable. Wait, what? <laughs> two two. That's hilarious there. to me. <laughs> that's just hilarious to me. I would love to hear stories about comics. Well, we'll ask. Like, <laughs> I've got plenty. <laughs> I'll tell. Like, what's that, the worst? Um, what's the worst feedback you ever got from somebody you booked for like a clean corporate gig? Or, um, oh, there's been so many shitty ones. I mean, my, I do, uh, you know, I do a lot of festivals and stuff where they ask me, uh, I do panels and such. And, um, I say this every time I'm on a panel, um, uh, about working clean. You know, I mean, I, I love dirty comedy. I mean, Anthony Jeselnik's one of my favorites, sure, uh, yeah. but there's a time and a place, obviously, for every event, right? So, and I always say to comedians, like, um, the spokes on the comedy wheel, you know, there's all the spokes and there's usually they're like, the, I say the five C's. It's like the colleges, the corporates, the clubs, the, the churches and the cruises, right? So those are the five C's. If you can tailor your material to work on all those, man, you can like make a really good future yeah. for yourself in this. But most comedians just focus on the clubs and they, they say what they want to say. They drop the F-bombs or whatever they want to do. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But again, you don't open up those lanes for that. So I see that. And I also say the, the, the concept of like, you know what? In the 22 years I've owned Summit Comedy, I've never had one person call me the next morning and go, you know what? That comedian was just too clean. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know, because it it's never gonna happen. Like it's never gonna happen. But you know how many times though. the opposite of that, those phone calls. Oh yeah, uh, uh, hundreds. And sometimes so, it's like you can do something that everyone is 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 cool with, but then that one group, it's just incredible. With, I'm trying to think of an example, but what some people find offensive, and you're like, what do you? Right. But well, the that, line, I do think the line has gone out. Like they're more acceptable. Like I do less gigs where they're like, you can't say this or this or yeah, you know, because people are, you know, at this point, most people in the workforce have like, you know, grew up with cable TV and 
the stuff that we're watching on a regular basis and yeah you know yeah i i, I agree with that but i mean and any comedian out there listening they should just always ask the client ahead of time yeah you know you know your material you know what you're gonna do and you know the the the, the trigger points i guess per se that you know just to ask the client ahead of time whether it's you know a college or or any right. other spokes on the wheel obviously the clubs they don't give a shit but uh but yeah it just kind of makes sense that way so i don't know so so in this covid comedy world are you um are you 100 percent just taking a back seat taking a um a little sabbatical or have you adapted to the zoom comedy you i'm doing that? i'm doing some zoom stuff virtual shows okay. um some corporate i've hosted a couple of things like award shows um so staying pretty busy yeah um, can't complain there i i'm not really going into any clubs um i did do a fundraiser this weekend it was a quick indoor like it was set up nicely like you know all all within guidelines and yeah did, did a 10 minute set that was streamed out to a, like a bigger crowd but they had did have a small live audience um i did uh, a couple outdoor shows that um this uh girl maggie hughes DePaulo puts together here out in chicago they're at outdoor like uh restaurants they're like there's that mc from uh, Zanies and, again. Uh, yeah yeah <laughs> and i'll uh i've she's let me pop in on those which is great i just went into zany's um the other night when i had that gig i stopped in there just to feel the vibe see how they were doing it yeah um and it was good i felt great to be in there i mean it's uh it's so crazy you know like how far are they spaced out um well you know the room right it's it's, low ceiling it's pretty tight in there yeah like a shotgun Um, room like four on a side and like three rows they don't have tables um are they at 50 percent capacity or i believe they are yeah or at 50 max people maybe okay but they they're maxing out and like I said, it was a good vibe in there. They they take your temp when you get there, masks. Uh, they're following the protocols, but it's just um, unbelievable to think that I haven't been there in right. six months, seven months. Like that's the part that just you know we're all of us are <laughs> dealing with trying to you know act like we're pushing through it, but it's it's really tough to not be a, a doing right now not- right i mean just think of all the things that you have that your normal life i mean like i said like you know the flights and the, the whatever i was like i i mean i haven't gone seven months without being on a plane since i was 23 years old i think so i know it's like, it's, like it, it's it's crazy yeah it really is yeah i don't know i just hope these clubs survive because a lot of them are um you know independently owned and there's um we just need more relief, it seems, from the government on this these live venues. I mean, we're right. seeing these venues just fall apart or disappear, and it's just it sucks. Yeah, I I don't know if they even have a um, magnifying glass on this part of the industry, though. I don't think they, you know, give a shit. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, because they're definitely not extending a hand. Well, I, I don't. I mean, I would never guess who has what lobbying power um but would you have to have a ton of muscle in dc if you're you know pushing live entertainment i mean it's pretty ho-hum stuff not very you know yeah everybody so maybe they don't have enough people down there 
chirping for it, but it's certainly one of the more completely decimated industries. Um, And I get this perspective wise that it's, you know, it's not essential and it's, you know, but it's, the reality is it, it, it sucks and people are hurting. And I say this saying that everyone should get more help than they're getting right now. Yeah. Did you ever think, I mean, that, you know, you got to this level in your career and then, and you get, you, you, you get fired by, by the world. Like, yeah. I used to, you know, I, I've only had one job after college and I worked for the comedy zone and I got laid off after Carrot Top left because right. they, man- they managed him at the time. And that was oh, kind of yeah. like their golden goose and, yeah. and the money dried up. And they're like, Hey man, we gotta let you go. And like, all right, cool. I'm going to start my own company. Cause I didn't want to ever be fired again. It's like, that was bullshit. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, 22 years later, I was like, man, uh, the world just fired me. <laughs> so, temporarily, obviously, but temporarily, uh, exactly. Yeah. But it's, but, it's a huge inconvenient, obviously. <laughs> so. Yeah. But it's, you know, the trade off is you've got, gotten to do what you're passionate about and what you want to do. And, right. um, you know, it's like you have keep hearing this bounce forward. Like that's like the attitude you, you got to convince yourself, um, to have, but craziness. Yeah. What's your happy place outside of the uh, stand-up comedy world, besides your family? Um, I mean, that's really about it. I do enjoy, um, like, historical stuff, and I'm big into sports, but that's another thing that's kind of just feels a lot different <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, you know, I'm a big big White Sox fan, and uh, I'm a big you, Chicago all your, fan. All your loves are gone. Yeah, right? <laughs> hey, sports? Nah, you got it. <laughs> Comedy stages? Nah, tough shit. <laughs> so. I just like to get on Twitter and just feed my rage and just get <laughs> pissed off and, yeah. and just go depressed. Go cuddle with your kids. That's... Wine. I drink a lot of wine. <laughs> yeah. I've, wine I'm, and gummies. That's I'm, my hobby. I've been working on it. I've been joking, but it's not really a joke, that I've been working on the COVID-19 pounds. So. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have been running a lot. Actually, I cannot even believe that I'm saying this, that I've been running yeah and i think it's because i just i have like this uh stress that i'm not used to having you know because even if you are like talked earlier about like having a strategy building your career building anything like even if you were adding right to your company you would always have your booking you would always have like and that's how you feel as a comic like as you're building like yeah all right i love stand-up and i'll always have stand-up but i want to try and do other things um, but then I have like your bread and butter. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, uh, <laughs> have you, have you booked any virtual stuff? You get uh, like increase for that? Well, yeah, I, um, for three months I didn't do shit. I was like, you know what? I'm going to my happy place, which is the golf course. And I oh, yeah? just go golfing all the time and good for you. Got down to a sing- single index, uh, handicap. And yeah, I mean, it's like a nine, eight, but still it's a single digit. <laughs> so, uh, how many, what's the most you play in a day? Uh, well, two weeks ago, I was at a trip in Pinehurst, and we were playing 36 holes a day. Uh, You're an animal. <laughs> so You've always been a big golfer? No. Um, I mean, well, over the last – when I moved into this neighborhood that I'm in now, so about 15 years. So, uh, But I, I, I was shitty up until about probably six, five or six years ago. And all my friends that may be watching now they, or listening, they still say, no, you're still shitty. <laughs> but – but you know, I'm I'm decent. Yeah. So I, I but it's a good group of guys and that's just it. Like that's half of it, right? You have a sure. good group of guys. We've got um, you know, 
the, I mean, we, we did a match play tournament this past weekend. Uh, I think we had like 30, 40 guys doing that. So wow. yeah, it, it's just, yeah, it's just, again, we're all in this little world together and just dealing with this COVID the best way. And everybody's just gravitating to beer and golf. I played clubhouse. nine, I played nine holes this year. I broke my buddy's window. Um, <laughs> Car window? The ninth hole. Or the ninth hole is like the parking lot's like back and to the right. I whacked it. He made a joke too, like, dude, you just like the the caddy just made a symbol. You <laughs> broke a car it. window. Yeah. <laughs> Not only did I break a car window, he made the joke. I broke his car window. That's was, like a hole in one. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, that's like a hole in one. The odds of that. I mean, like I, I just cannot get good at that game. I think you should just say you just got a hole in one there. So <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I had to bring yeah. a car in. It was a disaster. Yeah, so I took some time off, and then, um, yeah, eventually I realized that the shit wasn't going away, and then I um, I did dive back into that. And, um, you know, I, mostly the college world, because um, they're doing a lot of uh, the virtual stuff. Because um, they have to. I mean, they they have to engage these students somehow, right? So, sure. Uh, so, uh, and, and I popped in on a few. Like, I popped in on Bozeman doing one the other day, and um, just – kind of wanted to see you know you know what the vibe is yeah so and i but i don't also don't want to be that guy in the back of the room you know because they can see me now right you know sometimes at a club you can you know sneak in and look at your client or whatever in the back and they don't know you're there but you know in a zoom call and there's like maybe 15 people on this zoom and and you can see you right there like chuck (laughs) johnson so he's like all right cool so so i try not to jump on too many of these guys to intimidate them so yeah right so how long did it take you um, in the break, I guess, before you did your first uh, Zoom? Um, probably a month. Oh, well, you were quick to it then. Maybe a month or two. Yeah, yeah this um, this group that actually I just did the thing for this past weekend, they reached out. It was a um, it was just a like a it was a fundraiser, so it wasn't like a um, advertised show or it okay. was just like let's. Um, you know, work together because I had worked with them in the past for uh, pediatric epilepsy. And then I started doing um, like real, like corporate ones, probably um, May, June. Probably started popping in. Okay. So they've been, um, they've been nice, you know, just to have something, have some money coming in, got to earn. And then also just feeling something some kind right. of the creative uh, outlet right self-worth and yeah definitely yeah. Well, so now i've, that I know I've that embraced them now that i know you're doing them I'll, uh, I'll i'll pitch you for some of those as well let's see that's <laughs> all coming back around that's full, why i'm here chuck full circle <laughs> that's why i'm here i heard you got some work let's go awesome i want to <laughs> so <laughs> this is right. my background do you approve of my background uh, um my, uh, yeah I, what are those estates you've worked in or checked off or, yeah or, or, i see some arts and crafts back <laughs> so there I monitor the hot is that a nintendo the back outbreak? there is it, no, no it's like, just a uh oh okay it looks like a nintendo box <laughs> <laughs> it's my kids my kids briefcase yeah. he, had to, he, had to, nice. he sells insurance now nice <laughs> what did you sell before you started doing comedy packaging like um Custom like, printed bags and boxes. Uh, okay. I always use my um, bubble wrap. <laughs> I always use my Vegas business as a example. Like when you go to Vegas, I had the uh, like Caesar's Palace. Okay. When you buy something there and they give you the bag that says Caesar's. Right. It's those bags. Okay. Yeah. I've got some of those Summit Comedy bags. Like I think I've got they, some. Oh of yeah. The, the string bags. So uh, now they're yeah. big into the 
the reusable, the non-woven polypropylene. Okay. Well, I'm, maybe that's, I'll have to go check the bag and see if that's what it, I've got. <laughs> let's so, talk bags. See if, see if you approve. <laughs> so, I wonder so if the industry's changed a lot, probably. Yeah, probably. Um, but not really, I bet. <laughs> I bet you can slip right back into it. So, but yeah, there's no conventions now, so you can't even- I'd have to. Can't, those are the big uh, buyers, those big conventions. Uh, but yeah, none of that going on. You, you can, can, do they sell virtual bags? <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah yeah that's gonna be the future i did a um this past weekend i did a naca conference virtually they, oh, you uh, did? yeah that was the first time they've tried that so it was very interesting um the the pros were the fact that i could play golf saturday morning um and not be in some shit whole town um in like <laughs> iowa or something attending a, a conference and i could sleep in my own bed um go. and uh the cons were it was weird that like from like three to four every day, you sat in a Zoom meeting room that you created and waited patiently until somebody showed up in your booth. You know, oh, nobody's wow. a trade show where they hop in from booth to booth and shaking hands. Sure. So it was that. It was very odd and unique. Um, um, the people that did join. Did they have showcase? Um, I had three showcases uh, over the weekend, Orlando Baxter, Jasmine Ellis, and Francisco Ramos. Um, oh, nice. So um, they did, they each got some work. So I don't know, we'll see. I did Gotham Live with Orlando Baxter. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good, good guy. Really good guy. Tell him I said, hey. I will. So, uh, so yeah, so we did, did that. But um, so, yeah, that that is that new world, right? So yeah. and they're, they're doing it again this, this upcoming weekend. So. I don't know. It's it's weird. I, I'm not I'm not a fan, but you know we're again we're all adapting. Yeah. They're trying to make money as well. So and know. if you're getting you know drumming up work, right? I mean it's just yeah, like the, it's uh, better than a sharp sharp stick in the eye, right? So yeah, bounce <laughs> so, forward. Yeah, bounce forward. Yeah. So <laughs> so let's talk about uh so um you just released a comedy special during all this mess. I did, yeah. So when that did that was, come? Um, so it. It, the official title is what I see here. Sebastian Maniscalco presents Pat McGann. When's mom going to be home? Is that the correct full length? That title? is. That's a long one. Yeah. Did you, uh, was that his idea to have his name uh, in the presents? Uh, or is that Well, yours? I think it was everyone's idea because it was like, who the hell is going to know who I am? So <laughs> let's lead with Sebastian. Yeah. Well, he was, pre um, you know, produced it and he was putting it, obviously put his name on it, but getting yeah behind it um you know this thing does no way that we even i get a special without him he wanted that's to, not true he wanted to do this i mean maybe eventually but i don't think right now it wasn't like they were you know so anyway I, i'm grateful that he um he did it and um i think putting his name on it was you know smart thing to do try and get it in front of his fans and yeah and then um you know, from there, we shot that thing last September in Chicago at the Vic. Okay. So we were, um, you know, close to getting it. And then when things kind of got nuts, it was pushed out. The title doesn't really hold up that when's mom going to be home? Because um, by the time it came out, it was like, when is like, you know, mom not going to be home? When's, <laughs> when's dad not going to be home? <laughs> yeah. When's that going to get a job? Is the material, I haven't seen the special yet, is the material in there all relevant um, regardless? Is it timeless? Um, like, Or is it like if you watch it now, it's like, ah, that bit doesn't really All you happen. are saying is how much time you have on your hands. You golf every fucking day. <laughs> you book me to be a guest. You're like, ah, I'm, 
and then watch your special. Hey, an hour. I'd rather see you live and talk to you and, and maybe go hey, watch I'm your special later. I'm not sitting that shit. <laughs> I got to get my index down at the club. All right. When was the last time you watched a stand-up special? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tell me when. All right. Probably, we'll, flip, um, we'll flip it back on you. What was the last comedy special that you watched on Netflix? What were the last few uh, dropped on Netflix? Mine's not on Netflix. Mine's on like Amazon and uh, Apple TV and. Yeah. No, it's 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 a it's my life. It's you know being married, having kids, uh, the travel, the you know growing up Catholic. Um, those are like the the notes. Going out with couples, married couples. You know, it's just it's my my material is just really my life and yeah. just that. Um, is it clean? You're special. Yeah, I mean, there's a few. Maybe a couple f bombs, but no, yeah. it's it's clean. Okay, yeah. I apologize. I haven't watched it. I I promise I will find. No, it. I was just trying to forty-seven minutes out of my time. Bust I don't know your how long balls. It is, but <laughs> forty-seven is probably enough for you. You can tap out at forty-seven. I don't know how long it is, but I'm I'm good for forty-seven. Well, well, you know, as an agent, uh, I can get the gist a gist of somebody usually probably in three to five. So. Oh yeah, no, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Unless I'm really doing a magnifying glass on like somebody I want to fully represent, say in the college market or whatever. So, well, that's what, it's funny I'll, though, right? Like that's how comedy is consumed now. Like you, people aren't watching like yeah the snippets, a block right? of an hour. Yeah, they'll, they'll watch the it's the clips that you want to go, you know, get shared and yeah. Well, that's how it all works. Like you watch, um, say, the YouTube clips from like the Tonight Show and such. They're they don't put the whole show up there. They just they put them in little segments, you know. So right. the, the attention span of everybody is getting smaller and smaller. So you're not it, kidding, man. Do you yeah. see uh, that social dilemma? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, you had time for that? <laughs> you know what? I didn't watch all of it, so there, I fell asleep. Forty-seven <laughs> minutes. So I, watched, I, watched three, I watched three to five. I could figure it out. <laughs> I, was, I watched three to five minutes, and then I was like back on my phone, just scrolling. That's scary shit. I man. feel like this is turning into a roast now. So. <laughs> no, it's crazy, isn't it? Uh, oh, that's so funny. So, um, so how did you get hooked up with Sebastian? Um, were you longtime friends with uh, that fella? You know, I met Sebastian during the House MC days. So when I was okay. um, hosting there, and he was – you know, at the point in his career where he was like selling out comedy clubs. Um, so he had like, you know, he was a big draw and there was buzz and um, I had never seen him perform live before, you know? So we met at Zany's and he knew I was from Chicago. He's from here. And, um, Oh, he's from kinda, there originally? I didn't yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah. He started in LA though. He moved out to LA to start um, right after college. And um, anyway, we just, you know, we didn't become like fast friends. And, you know, Sebastian's a very focused dude and, you know, he kind of has his space. And I, I gave him that space. And I think that he respected that. And um, he was, um, you know, I don't even think you saw my stuff that first weekend because it's Amy's there. It's so packed. Then they opened for him for a Showtime special. Um, they shot here in Chicago. And I think he dug my stuff and we stayed in touch. Then I wasn't really able to hit the road with him because I had stuff going on here at home. Um, and I was doing all the House MC stuff. And, uh, but we stayed in touch. I did a couple of corporate gigs with him. Yeah. And then we, um, 
then he asked me to go back on the road with him and he kind of was just like, hey, do you want to be, do you want to be my opener? It's like, yes, I would, I'd love it. And we were going, to, you know, originally these, it's still in some markets we'll do like the big theater, you know, and some of these markets do in arenas. Right. Like we got to do Madison Square Garden, the Boston yeah. Garden. It was just a year ago yesterday. I got a text actually from the tour manager um, and she sent a picture of Sebastian with the Boston Garden banner um, that we just did a year ago, which I mean, to be honest with you, it seems like longer ago than that. Right. <laughs> like, so, so let's crazy. talk. Let's talk about that shift, though, from the open, the the you know doing the MC gig um, at uh, Zany's, and then you're like doing um, the Boston Garden. I mean, that's just got to blow your mind, right? The the amount of people that you're now performing to all at once. So how? Yeah, how it's just insane. Like, to I actually. Um, I'm appreciating it more now because you have all this, the time you have and to look back on what's been, you know, no longer there. Yeah. Um, I mean, just insane. I was just blown away doing like the 1500 seat theaters that were, we were doing really when we first started this, the, the touring. And then as it went and went and it's like that, you know, go to New York city, we're doing radio city. And yeah. then the next year we're doing the garden. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, it was just kind of, uh, you know, I was just so lucky to be along on that ride with him that, you know, just, um, electric audiences, just like these people were juiced from like, you know, I'm the opener. They're already like fired up. They're so excited to see him. And, you know, um, yeah. I remember really seeing, cool. I remember following you on Instagram and seeing some of those pictures. I think you flew your, your family out or at least your wife, uh, for that New York, uh, weekend that was, yeah set, set those records right yeah I mean, he had uh, four sold out shows and yeah I mean, they're like flipping the room they're like turning the garden yeah how does you that seven o'clock how and does 10 that even work i mean just just nuts man i mean so yeah i i read that it was the uh uh billboard record uh for the most uh sold tickets at the garden and um um in a weekend and i think it was like nine million dollars gross i mean that's bananas like bananas and I you mean, know we're backstage you, and um, you go from one-nighters like and you know yeah Juliet, whatever <laughs> to, to to the garden no i know i mean it's just like i i, I was looking at pictures last night when they sent the thing about last year and you know in all these markets too it's like you know these people come out to see them you know you're seeing yeah aziz and sorry coach k Phil Mickelson, um, Lorraine Bracco, you know, just, and just Robert hanging out, in the, De Niro. Hanging out in the green room. Just yeah. I was mean, doing a set one night and De Niro was like in the, the fifth row. Tony. Keep, uh, it's just keep crazy. That, it's just how do you like keep that shit together though. Like again, you're, you're used to working say clubs and I have to assume that, I mean, you, you become comfortable working in the clubs and such, but it's a whole different animal with the, the sound, like in a, in a, uh, in a big place like that. It's just, yeah, you do. I mean, honestly, like, yeah, you're, you're overwhelmed at first and then you, you do get used to it. I mean, the first time we did the arena, we were in Toronto and, um, I was super nervous and it was in the round, you know, I've never done anything in the round. Um, so I was kind of nervous about that. I'm not physical. He's like an acrobat. He can really fill the space, you know? Um, but these monitors they have are a big help. And, um, 
you just kind of did you find yourself having to readapt to your style of performing and and like you mentioned the round so i didn't know you were doing that so like having to like did are you still with levity yes yeah yeah so is levity like i could see judy going hey you gotta move around you got other people behind you and shit so you know yeah no we talked about it they they show me where the cameras were and you know you kind of almost like work in the cameras because the people a lot of people are looking at the monitors they're not going to see your facial expression if they're looking at you from their seat right you know so but that's different right i mean that's mm -hmm. a whole new concept so different yeah and i I learned from going up into the rafters and watching him too. You know, I would go up into the the faraway seats at the arena and watch Sebastian and see how he was connecting. And yeah. you know, you're almost skeptical of comedy in an arena because it's such a big place. But he can really pull it off. You know, and I think being physical is uh, a big part of that. Yeah. Well, I don't picture you as a big physical comedian. Obviously, he. No, is. I'm not. Yeah. So I think uh, in the round for him, um, probably is works to his advantage you know oh, yeah. you know just literally hopping around like that so uh, it comes like up from the stage too it's like nice. I mean, it's, a, it's a big uh production <laughs> rock rock star status yeah it's uh something so, else so yeah so i'm sure he misses all this shit too oh. <laughs> do you talk to him and is, is he slitting his wrists or like <laughs> do you guys just sit around in a room like like you said like last year this time damn it <laughs> No, I'm sure it's really tough. I mean, you know, yeah, we've talked, and um, he helped a lot with the promoting the special. So at the end of July, when we were um, pushing it out, he yeah. was uh, I was seeing him, you know, on these things uh, yeah. every every other day. And I remember yeah, seeing he's you doing on well. some YTV too that you were promoting. So yeah, I think he's you know he's ca- capitalizing on the on the family time and yeah. you know and uh, you know he's got other projects, so he's focusing on other projects and. Yeah, but um, I just like it sucks. I mean, for you and like guys like him, like you know that star. Yeah, you were riding that wave, right? I mean, it's such a amazing wave. I'm assuming, to, and just get just crash down. You're like, damn it. I mean, I hope that it'll, it'll rebound um, for you guys to just pick up where you left off. Um, but I also have uh, thought of this, and and you can weigh in on this. Um, do you feel that um, it's going to be uh, a little bit harder? for all the comedians like and i've used sebastian as a as a um um an example because he won't be doing those large arenas because there's going to be the covid out um like you know barriers that 50 percent or whatever do you think that place is going to be he's going to go into smaller places like clubs and to uh, i mean that, that would probably make sense right i mean i think that that's it's all it's going to happen yeah it's probably inevitable um you're already seeing it with you know because that's what's open right because yeah. uh, you know the clubs are opening so i can see sebastian going in there and i think it's just gonna unfortunately uh i mean not to poke fingers but it's it's just a pecking order right so i mean the if you're further down the list i mean there are going to be comedians that aren't going to be comedians anymore just because they they can't wiggle their way into that that spot because there's no place for them to perform so yeah it's going to be um it's just devastating, you know, especially because comedy was in such a boom, right. maybe maybe one of the longer extended booms. And comedy, I think, I don't know, you know, we, we live in such a polarized society now that there's no really reason you, you would think that comedy would ever not be booming or relevant or needed right. and necessary. Um, so it's just so unfortunate that it's, uh, 
yeah well happening now at this time because yeah like i said it like it just blindsided everyone right i mean right. who would have who thought you like it, nowhere in your career you thought of like you know one day you know this could all be toppled by by this and you're not allowed to do this anymore and nope, that never crossed anybody's mind. I mean, that I had never had that conversation with. So. I mean, come on. How many people, I don't remember even hearing it from people like, well, you're set. People are always going to need to laugh. Right. Of right? course. I, but when you can't do the shows, you just like, you never th- think of it. Yeah. I mean, uh, in, uh, in, you know, my whole life, like in my whole business career, everybody's been just like, all my friends that go, man, you have the best job in the world. Like this is like you're you're the man. Like yeah. even in February, it's like, man, this is the best. And, now, and like once like April, they're like, how are you doing? <laughs> I know, I know. Like, oh, well, I'm golfing a lot, you know. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, it's it's uh it's unique. I mean, I I have said this a couple of times that uh, the only thing I I you know I always kind of feel like I was ahead of the curve with most things like with competitors and trying to stay ahead of, of everything and and the trends in the market and stuff and keep up with social media etc. And the only thing I could think of I remember just literally thinking what could what could cripple my business and I the only thing I got to think of I was trying to think outside the box was holograms. It's like man if these holograms take off and like my job's over i'm gonna start booking holograms of dead comedians or something yeah you would always think tech related right yeah yeah well it's always like i said trying to think outside that box like that (laughs) like in the long term yeah pandemic uh didn't cross my mind so i'm like damn it (laughs) no it didn't i did have a buddy though that works um he's like a brilliant dude this guy i went to high school with and he's like in microbiology and he would often say, like, it's amazing that we, it hasn't happened. Hmm. And yeah. I, I would be like, what are you talking about? He's like, you know, like they hit the, the Spanish flu in 1918. He's like, that is not uncommon. He's like, it's crazy that it's like, it's inevitable. It will happen again. And I remember, like, bringing it out of him sometimes, like, you know. When we did were, he say we, that? How many years ago was that? I mean, he has said it throughout the last, you know, okay. since he's been in, out of college. Yeah, you know, okay. 10 years, 12 years. And now he wins. Hey, <laughs> I told you. You were right. <laughs> yeah. I Crazy. I feel, yeah, it's just too bad it got as bad as it did. Yeah, I think, uh, I guess we got to just get a vaccine. I guess that's the, uh, the, uh, the missing ingredient, right? I guess, I mean, we can, you know, the politics aside, uh, we don't even need to go into any of that. I think it's literally just as simple as that. Let's yeah, it's that. science. But let's get a, yeah, get us, get science behind this, get a vaccine and, Let's get the hell out of this scenario so we can go uh, tell dick. You can tell dick jokes <laughs> and I can sell dick jokes again. <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah. So, um, so obviously, I mean, your career has been so good uh, as of late uh, before all this hit. Like, what's next for you? Like, what what do you feel like is the, the next zenith in your career? Um, is it, I mean, you got a special? I mean, what else? Like, do you want a special that doesn't have Sebastian's name in front of it? Like, what, what's what's the next thing that like that you want in your career? I mean, yeah, I would certainly love to do another another one, another special. And um, I don't know. It's just like yeah, I feel like um, I'm at a uh, you know everyone's at a little crossroads right now. Yeah, trying to figure what which way to pivot towards and. Um, but I want, you know, I want to continue to, to do stand up, and um, I'd like to get involved in some other projects. Maybe write something, and um, I've been trying to work on that a little bit during all this. Um, 
Just a new creative like, outlet. Yeah, just yeah. I just realized yeah. that you just have to like put it out there. I'm not the best at uh, posting things constantly, but trying to get trying to grow my social media presence um, because that's like you know that's where everybody is. Yeah, that's inevitable too. You know, I mean. I guess if you had that crystal ball, like to look back and like when it first came out, every every comedian would have said, "Oh, I would have probably jumped on that a little bit more." You know, it's kind of like the whole Dane Cook back in uh, the MySpace days, right? He, like, yeah. He just jumped on something quick, and I mean, that's definitely propelled his career. I mean, just by you know t- putting putting his finger on every single person he you know right. that reached out to him type scenario. So I don't know. So uh, same scenario, a crystal ball. Like if you. If you had a crystal ball to look forward into your career 10 years, would you do it? If I had the opportunity to? Yeah, if you had a crystal ball and you could look into your future, um, where you're at in your comedy career in 10 years, would you do it or would you not? I would not. No. Nah. I don't think I would. Yeah, just kind of wait and see how this all plays out. Yeah, because I think it's... Um, yeah, I don't know. There's just so much involved. I would, I would have way too many questions if I saw where I was 10 years from now. Yeah. And and then I wouldn't be able to accomplish anything. <laughs> do you ever see yourself uh, retiring from stand up? I mean, do comedians retire from stand up or do they just I don't think so. Slowly disappear or or when COVID happens. I've had this, I've had this argument with my wife. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, said. do tell. I want to hear this story now. So, <laughs> no, right. I mean, you know, how does this argument uh, start? <laughs> well, if you talk about like the future and your plan and, okay. you know, I think maybe she said we have to plan for retirement. I was like, I'm not, I'll probably never retire. Okay. Like, why would I ever retire? I mean, if I could do a show, even if you did three shows a year, you're, right. still, you're not retired, yeah. you know? I mean, at that point, I mean, who knows what it's going to be like? I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous to say, but I think that, um, I don't think comics retire. Yeah. I, um, I don't think I'll retire either. My my wife and I have had this conversation um, um, one time. I think it was around five or six years ago. You know, I don't care what what job you're in. You get in ruts, right? I mean, whether yeah. you know you need a change or whatever, you need a lifestyle change or whatever. You just kind of mix it up. And I remember telling my wife just that, going, you know, I don't know about this. And like, and she's like, what? You you book a comedian, make all these dollars like for a corporate gig or whatever, and um, and. Uh, and I, she's a teacher, so she doesn't get paid shit. So she's like, "No, you're you're not going anywhere. You're staying right there." And then I was like, "Yeah, you're right." So, but the same scenario, like you said, like I can see, you know, even if I just sold one comedian a month or whatever, like, and st- still got the to right. You know, I mean, that's the thing. You get a go call. Golf, whatever. Somebody calls you and says, "Chuck, can you help me? I need to, you know, yeah. you're a guy that puts people together. You right. know who to put in for a certain." So why would, you know, you're going yeah. to call and be like, why would I not do this? Unless it's not worth my time. That's, I think right. that's what it boils down to. Like, hey, well, if you can go make a grand making a phone call or, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. It's just yeah. who you are. Like, right. Just like with this, like, I, I talk about my life. I t- you know, I'm never going to stop thinking about stuff that I want to talk about and make jokes about. Right. So I mean, because our job. One day just be like, ah, I'm done with that. Because our know? job is pretty good. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, on both sides of the fence, I think, you know, For again, sure. the, there's pros and cons to both. I mean, you have to travel on the road and, you know, that sucks, I assume, you know, 
you know, working, you know, one to two hours a night and that's it. I mean, how do yeah. you kill your time on, on the road? I mean, what do you do when you're out there? It depends what, where we're at. A lot of times, like with the Sebastian stuff, a lot of times we're, if we're anchored in a town, then I'll try and find something to do. Like, you know, it might be something touristy or something, um, you know, if I could go see a game, I will. It's rare though, because most of the yeah. games are at night. Um, but I'll go to a museum or I'll go to like, you know, the restaurant in town, you know, like if they have something from diners, drives and dives or something iconic, okay. um, smaller towns, I'll still, if it's a smaller town, we're probably not there for two nights. So we're traveling. Um, but that kind of goes for anywhere I go. If I, if, if I'm going to a place I've never been, I'm probably not going to sit in a hotel. I'm going to go see something that I can only see. Do you do it by yourself or do you grab like some production people or Sebastian or whoever you're working with? We got a good squad. So there's usually somebody that you could go with or, but a lot of times I go solo. Okay. And then I do that a lot when I'm traveling by myself too, you know? Nice. What's one thing uh, that you don't leave home without when you're traveling on the road? Um, Hmm. Something I don't leave home without. Like, like, Oh, I got to pack this like every time. Do you have uh, that item in? I'll, I'll bring workout clothes, and then I usually don't work out, but I always bring them. <laughs> You're like, how's that working out? Oh, okay. I, I bring, like, an extra pair of shoes I never use. <laughs> Although I have convinced myself. I know I've gotten better at packing. Okay. But now I probably am rusty. Yeah. I'm yeah. still I'm still living on my travel kit, though. How's that for optimism? Well, <laughs> I still have that. <laughs> There's that. The shave kit. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to be really rusty that first theater you go to. You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, I'm going to lose a lot of phone chargers when it starts, when you start traveling again. Yeah. Yeah, when you're rusty, you always leave the, the charger at the hotel. That's always yeah. a... Well, uh, any nuggets of wisdom for, say, newcomer comedians that are out there listening? Um, well, you're not going to make it. It's over. Stand-up's dead. <laughs> Quit now. Keep going. Keep going. Go on TikTok. <laughs> That's where Just, it's at these days, I guess. Yeah, they already know. <laughs> Go on TikTok. No, I mean, I, I always just say um, get on stage. Yeah, could but you can't get on stage now. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine like, say you're 31 again, and you're like, you've got that itch to do stand up, and like, what do you do? I mean, yeah, think about the comics that were maybe a year in and just you know yeah. they just pull that plug and you're like, ah, this mm-hmm. is over. <laughs> I don't know. That's that was the only advice I would ever you know, used to be giving, um, but writing stuff when you think of it or when it happens, being personal, talk about your life. Um, I mean, you can talk about whatever you want, but I just think that that helps talk, make you unique. Just talk and about past Jot it down, jot it down in your phone. Yeah. Send me all your premises. I'm I'll, gonna st- maybe I'll start doing comedy and I'm just going to start talking about Pat McGann's life. Just send me premises <laughs> and I'll hash, I'll hash through them and get back to you. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, uh, we're about to wrap up here soon. Um, I like to end it. Um, you know, we've talked about so many amazing gigs that you've done. Um, I always, uh, you know, I've booked so many shit gigs for so many people that I've probably, you know, have like, you know, their stories are like a Chuck Johnson summit comedy, like the worst gig they've ever done. But um, what is no. uh, what, uh, well, I, well, I know it's happened. No, no, I know I have a good reputation, <laughs> but but sometimes you put somebody in a situation that you, it's out of your control as an oh, agent. Oh, I hear you. I hear yeah, you. Yeah, I you know it's it's inevitable that some some of the ones are that are just not that good. And comedians out there listening right now are going, yeah, I know. I mean, you could 
you can be very optimistic and um, do everything right and with a client, but if if they don't do yeah. the show right. So what is your, I assume you have a go-to gig that's like, oh, that was the worst gig I've ever done in my, you know, comedy. Existence. I don't, I'm not great with this. I, I'm always, I think I just bury them and I just. <laughs> they, I didn't just they, didn't the they didn't happen. They didn't happen. They didn't happen. They didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> I really think I just go into some denial. I, I do remember doing one in um, Boston for a, a, a group and they were paying me fairly well, you know. Yeah. And there's that too, right? If you are being paid well, you want to, you want to do well, you, you know? Um, and these people just weren't even paying attention. Just not even. They got their backs turned to you. and Just eating at yeah, during food. They brought me up when they weren't supposed to bring me up during dinner. Um, terrible intro. Maybe it was I had to intro, introduce myself. You know, it, it Coming to you, the stage, no me. one introduce you. Yeah, you just say, "Hey guys, you read your, you read your own bio, and you're like, coming to the stage, Pat McGann. Turn around, hey, <laughs> that's turn around, <laughs> turn around. I'm just, I'm doing, gonna do jokes. That's me. Yeah, uh, I think it would probably be one of those um, corporate gigs. Oh, I did one in um, the town where Field of Dreams is. Where okay. is that? Dyersville, Iowa. Yes, right. And I um, did you die in Dyersville? Or like Am? <laughs> yeah, I did. Was I think I drove home too. It was like one of those nights where maybe I'll stay. We'll see. You know, if I you know feel yeah. like driving home or not. You're like six hours. Yeah, I can make it. I was like, yeah, I just drove home, just all on that energy of fuck. Let me get the hell out of this place. It's like I just did Letterman last month. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It, it was um, it was like a like not Amway or whatever it was, um, some kind of fundraiser for United Way. I think it was United Way. Okay. And um, there was a priest there, and he was in priest gear. And I, I didn't say anything inappropriate, but I needled him a little bit on, um, on just a couple of things. You know, about, I don't know, it might have been something like, yeah, you're probably not used to seeing crowds like this or something uh, ridiculous. And he got all bent out of shape. And I got off stage and they were like, father's not happy with you. And like, what father? Like they all knew him just as father, (laughs) the small town. I I insulted uh... the, the town clergy (laughs) and they were, they basically ran me out of town. I was like, I'm out of here. I didn't feel safe. (laughs) And then fast forward to Madison square garden. (laughs) It all dissipates, right? Yeah. Right. But that I was just, you know, I was just riding. Sebastian's wave. Yeah. Well, well, you've created a pretty good wave for yourself, man, and I'm proud of you. So, uh, kudos to Chuck. Uh, kudos to all your Thanks, success, buddy. man. So, uh, anything you want to plug? Um, your special. Everybody, go out yeah. and watch your special on. Yeah, on, even uh, you, Chuck. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to remind you where you can find it. Well, I know it's on Amazon <laughs> Prime, which I do have. It, it, it's on uh, Amazon, um, Apple TV. Yeah, it's called When's Mom Gonna Be Home? Um, and I also. I do a uh, podcast uh, called All Over the Place. You know Jim Flanagan? Uh, I know who he is. I've never met him. Yeah, he's solid. Um, yep. Great comic. We do it together, and we, we drop those on well, Tuesdays. You ever, ever want to yeah. have me on, I'll, 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 I'll return the favor. <laughs> if you need an agent, agent perspective. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we haven't done really any guests. We did have Sebastian on to help promote. Okay. Well, the, uh, the I'm special. not Sebastian, so... Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I'm close. I'm a close second. To yeah, I would love to have you, man. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get some uh, we'll get some stuff lined up. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on, man. Good luck uh, navigating through all this mess, and I can't wait to see you when you come you to too, Charlotte you with too, Sebastian Chad. on the back end. Uh, oh, when, I can't wait either, When man. all this shit's back in, 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 uh, in session and see you at a comedy festival or something. So. Definitely. All right. Well, everybody out there uh, watching and or listening who want a comedian for anything, you want to book Pat McGann for anything virtually right now, you can do so at summitcomedy.com. So, uh, Pat, thanks again, man. We'll uh, see you on the flip side. Perfect. Appreciate it, Chuck. Thank you. Later, buddy. Bye. Bye.